गौरी वैष्णव गुरु परंपरा की जाए बोल प्रेम आनंदे हरि बो मॉर्निंग एवरीवन सो वी गैदर्ड अगेन इन सेलिब्रेशन ऑफ द कमेमोरेशन ऑफ द अपीयरेंस ऑफ श्री narahari dev nisingha and i think today is the actual tithi the actual day of his divine appearance we began discussion yesterday morning and we in a in an indirect way we continued it in the evening mm-hmm. discussing about as we did the bhagavatam and um the nature of the text and so forth the text in which the uh, story the leela of nishingadev is prominently told hmm? more about it is brought out there than in the nishinga purana <laughs> so we we talked about that in some ways but uh so with um with the closure of the previous morning's discussion you can turn it up huh then um we learned that bhagwan narasimha has a very uh plays a prominent role in in nadia and uh also in relation to namsan kirtan and there we heard about the conversion of of the chandkazi who was himself a very learned fellow as i mentioned he was the guru of nawab hussain sah and so a a quranic quranic a scholar of the quran actually we didn't bring it up but mahaprabhu had a, some knowledge of the quran also obviously because i said as i said at the time the muslims and hindus were living in the same um in and amongst one another without much issue unlike today and um John Kazi himself was in a associated uh friend and uh, acquaintance what not of Nilambar Chakravarti the maternal grandmother or grandfather of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu so they would discuss philosophy and so forth and chaitanya mahaprabhu and something about the quran and so on the basis of the quran he 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 well, he brought up some discussion hmm, about ahimsa and and uh, so they had anyway philosophical discussion that chand kazi was defeated in the discussion and of course he was had uh, a teachable moment had been created by Nishingadev the night before who had come in a dream and landed on his chest and started to tear it apart and told him don't ever break that murdanga again that's my favorite instrument so we understood him Nishingadev to be the protector of kirtan we went into that at some length but we also uh, mentioned there that um Chaitanya Mahaprabhu with some uh affection addressed the kazi as his as uncle come to your house you are my uncle you are close to say associated with my maternal grandfather 
come to your house and you got the door locked and you're hiding inside. What kind of hospitality is this and so forth? So this was the this is some of the reason uh, why Mahaprabhu referred to the Chandakasi as his uncle. Hmm? You have this very extended family kind of idea that you don't find here in North America these days, as families go here, there, and, and everywhere, and um, you can't even be close to your own kids practically to speak of um, their kids and your grandfathers and so on. So of different uh, um, culture, more agrarian based and so forth. So on this basis, the intimacy um, of the family setting and so forth, the Chandkasi was addressed by Mahaprabhu's uncle. But there's another reason also, a more esoteric reason, that he referred to the Chandkasi as his uncle. Hmm. And it has to do with his with his previous life. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's previous life, he was a cowherd. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And uh, in that life, his uh, maternal uncle was uh, a problem, hmm. as the Chandakazi was a problem in the Gaur Leela, so Kangsa was a problem in Krishna Leela. Hmm. And uh, he is described, of course, in the Bhagavatam as being um, entirely preoccupied with fear hmm, about his uh, nephew, hmm, Krishna. And uh, based on the oracle, of course, that came at the time of his sister's wedding, that the eighth son of Devaki will cause your demise and so forth. So we know this history. It's uh, famous. And uh, ultimately, Krishna had to to deal with Kamsa and the atrocities of Kamsa. We hear about the various demons who make some entry into the Braj momentarily for entertainment um, and then are summarily dismissed. Um, um, that's how people get in who don't belong there. Um, the example maybe so, that may help us is something like this. Uh, sometimes we hear of people entering entering Vaikuntha momentarily. Hmm. Durvas went in, hmm. running from the chakra. He got in. How could Durvas get into Vaikuntha? Um, there are some other examples. Shiva got in. Hmm? Shiva got in. Um, there are different forms of Shiva, of course. So this particular form of Shiva was one who wouldn't ordinarily have access to Vaikuntha. He had given a blessing to uh, one fellow that, what was it, that if you, whatever you touch... He asked for a blessing, and the, the blessing the fellow wanted that whatever he touched would turn to gold. Explode. Would explode? Yeah, it would oh, a different one. Whatever he touched would. No, whose ever head he touched would crack. Would crack. Whose ever head he touched would crack. So, 
So when, once he got the benediction from Shiva, he said, oh, great, and then he tried to touch the head of Shiva. <laughs> so Shiva's kind, he's very generous, but it gets him in trouble sometimes. So he was being chased, and he went to Brahma. And anyway, he entered into, into Vaikuntha, and Narayan then dealt with the situation. He said to that fellow who was chasing Shiva to touch his head and make it break, he said, hey, how do you know it even works? Touch your head and find out. So, he, of course, he touched his head and it cracked, and Shiva was grateful that uh, he had been saved. But both of them made it into Vaikuntha for a moment. Right? S similarly, in the Braj, sometimes the, some of the, the, uh, the uh, associates of Kamsa, Purlamba, Arista uh, and Bakasur, Agasur, and so on and so forth, they made entrance into the Braj. We're, we're, getting, we're going to tell the story of how the Kumaras tried to enter Vaikuntha and, and couldn't get in. Hmm? They, uh, they weren't, weren't qualified. They came close. They came to the, to the seventh gate, and they were stopped there, of course. Something like Adho Shadha Tata Sadhu Sangha Bhajana Kriya Anartha Nivritti Nishta Ruchi Asakti That's seven. Then Bhava means Vaishnava Mukti Mukti Ritvanita Rupam Swarupena Vavastiti Some access to the, to, the, to the world of spiritual emotions. They did not have Bhava, the Kumaras. That's uh, we'll come to that, but they couldn't get in. Hmm? But sometimes people do get in, and 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 how will we understand that? Something like this: that sometimes a king, particularly, pertains to Vaikuntha, but it can extend to the Brudge too. For the sake of entertainment, he brings a tiger in to the court. Hmm? And parades him around, and the and the and the residents they look and they get entertained, and then they send him back out again, something like that. So sometimes, by Narayan's will and arrangement, for the pleasure of the inhabitants of Vaikuntha, hmm, somebody who doesn't belong there gets to come in, and they get to look at the funny guy, like you know, somebody in a zoo. <laughs> it's entertainment. Hmm. What is that? Hmm. Kind of weird people. <laughs> they don't have any devotion for Narayan. And so, sim similarly for entertainment in the Braj, or a little excitement, then some of Kamsa's uh, associates were allowed to enter for short periods of time. The entertainment of the cowherds in Sakyarasa, hmm? and uh, and they, they 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 those leelas serve as a nice. Uh, Meditation for us, Bhaktivinoda Thakur has um, made this kind of suggestion that we all have unwanted things, hmm? uh, unarthas, and the demons. He he described them as as personifications of different anarthas, and that by desiring to overcome an anartha, um, one should meditate on the leela of Krishna 
in which that demon is killed in the Braj. And this is a very kind of positive way and a, 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 a very much in the context of bhakti way of dealing with uh, the um, unwanted things. To bring something positive, bring Krishna Leela into your to your heart and in a particular way where it's dealing with such. Hmm? So, anyway, so some of them, as you know, made their way in there and they were uh, dealt with in such a way that the glories of Krishna only increased in the eyes of all the cowherds who would go home and tell everybody and nobody would believe them <laughs> that they're just telling stories. But uh, maybe, possibly, something truth to that. But Kamsa's atrocities, or Kamsa's will, um, was 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 uh, was well known, and the power of Kamsa we have to understand because all of these Pralamba, Agasur, Bakasur, who seemed formidable in themselves, they were all had come under the um, rule of Kamsa. They were they were all his subjects. So what was his power? Hmm. And, uh, and this is the uncle of Krishna, <laughs> so that um, that that uncle was was not killed by Krishna, of course, because Krishna would not kill his own uncle. That's just you know he's a polite enough fellow, but you don't kill your own uncle. But his uncle was a problem, of course, and so um, receiving the invitation to come to Mathura for wrestling and then Krishna Balaram defeating the wrestlers appointed by Kamsa in the hopes that they would kill Krishna Balaram then um, they were killed other wrestlers came on and Balaram started dealing with them and then Krishna jumped up into the grandstand for the viewing section at the, at the, at the booth of Kamsa and then he got on top of him like this and raised his fist. And Kamsa was already scared to death his whole life of Krishna. <laughs> and he died out of fear. Hmm. Krishna didn't say, so I didn't kill him. I mean, he was just afraid. I wasn't going to punch him. I was just trying to scare him, you know. So what happened to him? It's a curious thing because we hear about different demons who die at the hands of Krishna and attain some extraordinary result. Hmm? The classic and most ex uh, extraordinary example, of course, is that of Putana that, that Uddhava highlighted. Uddhava being the Shastravit, well-versed well in all the scripture, the counselor, advisor of Krishna in Dwarka, made the statement of Hobakiyam Stanakalakutam. What is the what is the who in the right mind, he said, would take shelter of anyone other than Krishna? When Putana, with the desire to kill the infinite infant, with her with her breast milk that on which on, the, on which she had speared on, on her breast she had smeared some poison. How horrible. The contrast is huge the infant, the mother, hmm? a time of intimacy, shelter, bonding, and so forth. And she uses that 
opportunity to to poison him in the context of taking the milk. It's just a horrible story. Hmm? So it's uh, the extremes there hmm, are great. And for she dressed like a devotee, so that's why she was allowed in. Hmm? And Uddhava said, and what happened is Krishna gave her a form of Vatsalya Rasa on the outer petals of the lotus of Goloka, some form of Vatsalya. And, and all she did was dress like a devotee, with, and she had a, 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 a very um, offensive idea in mind. So his remark is, who, who in their right mind would take shelter of anyone other than Krishna? That's how kind he is, how, how generous he is. Hmm? That he overlooked everything else and just, oh, she's dressed like a devotee. Hmm, I'll accept her as a devotee. Hmm. What then to speak of Mahaprabhu's magnanimity, right? So anyway, this is a, the, the, perhaps the best example of the, the extraordinary uh, result of, as it's thought to be dying at the hands of Krishna in his ba- in his Govindabhasha commentary on the, on the sutras, Baladev comments, Baladevijibushan comments that when the demons are killed by Krishna, then at the last minute before their death, hmm, their subtle body is purified, and then the, and they they see him as he is by Krishna's grace and offer their respect, and then they get mukti. Hmm. That's how, that's the, the technical side of it. Um, speciality of Krishna also should be mentioned here. Jiva Goswami has pointed this out in his Krishna Sandarbha that that only the only the demons that are killed by Krishna get mukti. Then they're killed by avatar, other avatars. They don't. It's one of the one of a number of things that he highlights about Krishna. In, in making the case, of course, for what? Krishna's to Bhagavan Swayam. The password for understanding the Bhagavatam, the Paribhasutra, the, the, the foundation of the tattva of Gaudiya Vaishnavism, theologically speaking. Krishna is, is, is another way of... To say it another way, in a, in, a, in, a, in a rasic sense, rather than a tattva sense, from a bhava perspective, rather than a tattva perspective, that Akila Rasamrita Murti, as Rupa Goswami does at the onset of Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, he's the source of all avatars, so in him all possibilities of taste, rasa, love, are possible. Hmm? Rasaraj. And so this Krishna killed Kamsa. Well, he scared him. And Kamsa died of a weak heart, <laughs> um, living his whole life in fear, you can imagine. And that's of his own doing. Hmm? Uh, it didn't have to be that way. Uh, but what happened to him, it's not described that he got mukti. So now we know. Hmm? He took birth in the Gaur-lila as Chandkazi, as the uncle of Krishna, Chaitanya. And... He got to enter into the Sankirtan, hmm? and he made the order, as I said yesterday, that all of his descendants forever would honor the Sankirtan of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. That's in Simantudweep. Hmm? Um, 
within the Navadweep, there's the nine islands, Simantadweep, place of Chandkazi. So it's a place of pilgrimage even today for the Gaudiya Vaishnavas to go there. And uh, the Chandkazi's descendants honor that. So he's enshrined forever in a gloriously in immortality in, in Gorlila, such as the fate of Kamsa for being scared to death by Krishna. So, um, with that, I wanted to segue into the fact uh, and the discussion of it that there were a couple of other uh, demons, if you will, or opposers, even offenders in Gorlila, who were um, purified by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Nityananda Prabhu was very determined to direct people to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm? Even worshippers of Krishna, he would become upset with them and say that they should focus on Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Bhajagauranga kahagauranga lahagauranga namuri yejanagauranga bhajaseyamahar pranare He said, if you give your do your worship of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, chant his name, follow his teachings. He said, I'm purchased by you. And people thought, whoa, to be purchased by him, that's good. This guy is extraordinary. This is how Gaudi Vaishnavism started, just by the enthusiasm of Nityananda Prabhu, before any of the Goswamis had written their books and so on. He and his associates began the whole Sampradaya madness. And, um, and so... He, more than anyone else, Nityananda Prabhu, is responsible for highlighting who, uh, or bringing people, I should say, bringing people to the, um, take advantage of the benediction that, that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu embodies. The Goswamis described what it is. Hmm? But not, no one more than Nityananda Prabhu made the opportunity available to people. Hmm? Just like our Prabhupada, empowered by Nityananda, took it far and wide and spread it to the foreign lands and so on and so forth. Hmm? So this is the uh, Sevaka the Bhagavan Nityananda Ram. Krishna is the personality of God had served in Prabhupada's language. And, in Balaram, the personality of God had servitor, and so it carries over into Gaur Leela. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was to be served, and Nityananda Prabhu was showing the way of service. Bhaktabhi Man, Mool, what is it? She, she? She Balaram, yeah. So the Abhiman, the, 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 the ego of a devotee, has its origins in Balaram, Nityananda hmm? Ram. So he wanted that the Chaitanya Mahaprabhu would fame would rise high hmm, in the uh, in in the in the sky of our it'd be highlighted in the sky of our spiritual prospects possibility hmm. nothing could be higher than that what could be attained by the shelter and by the blessing of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu again an arpita charitam charat in Rupa Goswami's language. Very special uh, gift. Nityananda wants to push everybody in that direction. Of course, 
as I've mentioned in the course of doing that, some people become attached to Nityananda Prabhu and they get his his feelings for Krishna, his feelings for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And then they carry on pushing everybody to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Keep a little in the background their own happiness. Hmm? Following in the mood of Nitai. Nitai Chand Vijay. But in wanting to do so, then he reasoned, if I can find the most offensive people around and I can bring them to uh, be delivered by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, then Chaitanya Mahaprabhu will be known as Patit Pavan, Patit Pavan Godhari, the, the, the friend, the deliverer of the most fallen. So he sought out the most fallen sector of the society. This was his his, his reasoning. And of course he he came upon the the the, 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 the dacoids, Jagai and Mudhai. So they um, are also as it turns out, eternal residents of Navadweep and they have a very uh, how they got there is relative to our the events that we are celebrating. The appearance of Nishinga has its beginning, its very early beginning, hmm, in the heart of Jai, uh, of what is it, Jagai and Madhai, hmm, in the form of Jai and Vijay, the gatekeepers of the seventh gate and uh, into Vaikuntha, in their hearts, actually. Hmm? They had a spiritual desire. Hmm? And from that spiritual desire, was the source, the origin, the genesis of the appearance of Bhagavan, Nanasinghadev. Hmm? So again, we are very fortunate to have access to such, and, and, the, and the medium is the Bhagavad Purana, Srimad Bhagavatam. So much about the feelings behind all the events that are recorded, as I said last night, in other texts, in this Purana and that Purana, the, the stories are given and so forth. Put you to sleep to hear them. Hmm? You hear them from the Bhagavatam and then from the Gaudiya commentators on the Bhagavatam. Madhva made a small commentary on the Bhagavatam, very brief. Hmm? Ramanuja didn't touch it. Uh, Shankar didn't, didn't touch the Bhagavatam. Hmm. Some of his followers did, but we don't go there. Hmm. But they've done. That's, they should be quiet. That's their philosophy. Hmm. <laughs> they have no business t- talking about anything but to speak of the Bhagavatam. Hmm. They say, the absolute is beyond talk, beyond words. Therefore, Om Shanti, 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 be quiet. This uh, sit down and be quiet. This is like you tell your kids. So that's what we tell the Advaitins. Sit down and be quiet. We will talk. As our philosophy, yours is to sit and be quiet. Oh, no problem. <laughs> so in the Bhagavatam, the same stories. I won't go into this because we did when when at some length last night. Same stories are told. Hmm? Uh, the story of Ritrasura is famous. There are other Puranas and so forth, for example. All of them. So the, 
as I said, that there's the, there's the Nishring of Purana, so the story of the, the Nishring is, is there. But the way the story is told in the Bhagavatam, Nigamakobataro Galitam Falam Sugumukadam at the Drabasam Bitam Pibatam Pagabatam Rasam Malayam Mahuraho Rasikabuvi Bhagavukaha. All that could be learned from the story and every other story that's told in the Bhagavatam, the furthest reach of knowledge and insight. Hmm? Here in this verse of the Bhagavatam, in an invocation, it's described as a, the Vedas and all these texts are compared to a, a kalpa, briksha, a desire tree, many, many branches of knowledge. You get all knowledge. As I said last night, it exists in the sky of the mind. As everything exists in the sky, so the, the mind of Vyas was compared to the sky, and all knowledge could be found there, and it was rendered in literary form um, and compared as it is in the Bhagavatam to a tree. Nigama Kalpataro, a tree of uh, a desire tree, you can get all knowledge from there. Hmm. And, and and what is what how is the Bhagavatam describing itself there? Nigama Kalpataro Galitam Falam. It is the ripened fallen fruit, the fruit that has fallen on the ground. Hmm. So easy to go and approach and it's fully mature. Hmm. Uh, and this fruit, it said, uh, the nature of this fruit, rasamalayam, that well, you should you should take this juice hmm, of this fruit and drink it, and alayam, pass out. And nigamakopatro galitam falam sukumukat amrta drabasam bhutam pibata bhagavatam rasamalayam muhuraho what should you do when you come to, when you wake up from your stupor? That's it. Drink it again. Hmm? Such as has the, such such consuming power. This is telling you about the, again the feeling behind all these extraordinary stories. This is the, this is Bhagwan. He's he is especially in the form of Krishna, which is the main story of the Bhagavad. He is Rasaraj. Hmm? So in his book, all the feelings are showcased, particularly the feelings of Batsalya, Sakya, and Madhurya are showcased, relevant as they are to the to the Brajlila. There is some Dasya there, but that's also tinged with Sakya. Hmm. Um, but it's a book of taste. That's what it says. It's a book only about about this part of the story. Hmm. Therefore, other details may be left out, hmm? or the details may be tweaked and adjusted and told in such a way that the feeling be- behind them comes out. That's the important thing. Hmm? With some sense of urgency, Sukadeva only had seven days to speak it to Brikshit Marsh. He wanted to give him the full, so full measure. Hmm? He was so worthy of that. We discussed it the other day. The worthiness of Parikshit Maharaj for hearing the Bhagavatam hmm? is, is an extraordinary qualification. I mean, it shows that what? He sat for seven days fasting without being disturbed, hmm? without, without trying to counteract the curse of the uh, of this Brahmin son. Hmm? Just accepted it, thought it was good. He said... The environment is friendly. Hmm? Krishna is coming to me in this way. 
in, in the form. He saw the snake bird as Krishna and he offered Arati. Hmm. Let the snake bird or whatever magical thing, let it come. I worship the opportunity. It will remove that which lies between me and Krishna. Hmm. This is our, this is our ajata, ajata, what is it? This is the qualities of a sadhu. Ajatava, sattva, sadhava, sadhu bhushanam, sudikshava karunika, suhrida sarvadehinam, jatava, sattva, that well, he has no enemy, hmm? he has no enemy, the environment is friendly, this is a higher standard of tolerance than we find in the Gita when we come to the Bhagavatam. In the Gita, we're asked to tolerate good, bad, happy, sad, come to non-duality, rise above the dualities of material existence, be peaceful, a result of which you will attain liberation, the Gita says in the second chapter. But the Bhagavatam, <laughs> it, it, it extends this so much further. It's a, it's a book of love, of rasa, and in, it's in love, love has the power, such power. It's about Krishna, so, and Radha Krishna. Radha's, Krishna's love for Radha, Radha's love for Krishna. So it has such power. Love alone has the power to turn faults into ornaments, isn't it? So, hmm? this is Vrindavan. There are no demons there. <laughs> There are no demons. It's a plane of consciousness. Hmm? Have no enemies. Hmm? Those who appear as enemies, then we are worshipping them. Brixit Mars worshipping them to see oh, the opportunity you've given me. He saw the snake bird. That's some form of Krishna's coming. Hmm? What what power there in Krishna Bhakti? Hmm? That we talked about this a little bit yesterday. I emphasized that one time Pujapachita Marsh was approached by one of us and that devotee asked that, is it all right for me to wear on the string of kavacha? You know, the kavacha you put around your arm or something like that, so, with a mantra in it of nursing. A, and he said, you could, but, but the implication of it was, but the string himself is is a worshipper of the kirtan, of the holy name of Krishna. He's the protector of the kirtan. Hmm? He protects you so that you can do kirtan, but kirtan does everything. Hmm? Hmm. And the devotees of Krishna, they invite adversity, like, like Kunti Devi, Vipada, Vipada, Tatra, I can't remember. <laughs> she said, let it come, let the adversity come. Hmm because it will cause remembrance of Krishna. And by remembrance of Krishna, all problems are are solved. Hmm? So, rather than try to avoid adversity, hmm, we invite it. Hmm? It gives opportunity to, to preach and become absorbed and so on and so forth. So, this is the, the, the power of, of, uh, of Krishna Bhakti. Hmm? Power of love again. It can turn faults into ornaments. It can harmonize all all contradictions. So this is this is the, the subject of Srimad Bhagavatam, and the way that it tells the various stories found in the different Puranas is very different, very in a very essential sense. And again, Sukadev only had seven days. He wanted to get to the to the essence of it all. Hmm. 
So, a book of taste. And Krishna has been identified with taste himself. Raso apso, raso hum apso kuntea. Hmm? I'm the taste in the water. Has You didn't think that verse was important, did you, that particular one? <laughs> That's a real important one. Raso vai saha, they connect. From the Taitrayu Upanishad. Brahman is rasa, taste. So, this is our book, and again, this book, this Bhagavan Narasimha takes up ten chapters telling the story, beginning in the seventh chapter. Nard brings it up to, uh, to Yudhisthira, answering some of Yudhisthira's questions about whether or not God is impartial. This is how the story comes up. But before that, earlier on in the third canto, the underlying reasons and feeling behind uh, the appearance of Narsinga is is uh, is detailed. So there we go. That's uh, the, and there we find that um, a, that Diti was concerned hmm, because well she had uh, coupled with her husband at an inauspicious time and there was an inauspicious result looming and afraid of that inauspicious result somehow she's thought to have kept the pregnancy within herself for a long period of time and still uh, as a result of that pregnancy the universe was becoming dark hmm? sign of inauspiciousness hmm? and so the gods approached Brahma and said what are we going to do hmm? and so Brahma began to tell a story to ease their minds tell them, as the Bhagavatam tells us, you don't have anything to worry about. Hmm. Don't worry. God's behind everything. How auspicious. It looked like the sun would be blotted out by what was what was what would be born from the womb of, of Diti. Hmm. And Brahma said, no, you don't have to worry. This is the teaching of Bhagavatam. There are no worries. Hmm. Krishna behind everything. Hmm. So, the story we go... What happened? He said that once upon a time, <laughs> the sages, the Kumaras, they um, they are famous persons in the uh, sacred text. The Kumaras. Kumara means literally. It, it means uh, like a child. It refers to the ages between one and five. But these were sages, the uh, four Kumaras. They were the Manasaputra, the mental sons of Brahma, hmm? who told their father um, that they wanted to remain as celibates, as brahmacharis, monastics, for their whole life. They gave him a hard time. Hmm? And so they're depicted in the Bhagavatam just like five-year-old kids. Hmm? And the, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a, an idea that celibacy somehow fertilizes the brain and makes you very intelligent. I don't know if it's a wives' tale or if it, you know, it will hold up to scientific scrutiny. It would probably be laughed at. But I can tell you one thing: that, that it's very intelligent. 
celibacy has makes it is it's a very intelligent strategy. Hmm? Look at the Kumaras, for example. One of our biggest problems in life as humans, social beings as we are, is to fit in. Just like you come here and hope you fit in. You know, who will be there? What will they think of me? You know, all these anxieties that we carry around with us wherever we go. Some people are more comfortable in their body than others, and that could be a problem too. <laughs> so, but how to fit in? How to fit in? See, the Kumaras, they solve the problem. Hmm? If a five-year-old boy shows up naked anywhere, it's not an, it's, there's no big deal. There's nothing he can do wrong, right? Hmm? If, he's, if your five-year-old kid shows up naked, oh, it's kind of cute. Well, you come some to, well, look at that. So nice. He's so cute. He fits in, no problem. So if you can solve all your social problems, hmm, celibacy, <laughs> you can fit in. They, they, they... They were welcome everywhere, is the implication. They're depicted like this, naked, four boys, youths, children, really. And the implication is they were welcome. They could go anywhere. No problem. They fit in everywhere. What to speak if such naked boys start speaking philosophy and so forth? Everybody will listen. When Krishna was only seven years old, then he asked his father... What's this uh, whole thing going on with the Govardhan, uh, you know, with the, excuse me, with the Indra Yagya? This is like, uh, everybody's busy with this. And um, and he's thinking, Krishna's thinking, in my earlier days, earlier years, he's only seven, but in my earlier years, I, can, I remembered that, you know, this festival caused me a lot of stress. Now I'm old enough to think about it. It caused me to stress because everybody was out all of Nandarani's, uh, Yasodamai's maidservants and assistants and so forth, all arranging for the Indra Yagya. And there she was at home alone with Krishna and nursing him and the milk on the stove that had been collected from special cows and grazed on special grasses in order to try to keep Krishna at home because he was known for going out and stealing the milk and butter of uh, the neighboring kids. And the neighbors would complain about that to Mother Yasoda, and she would deny it. It's a very beautiful <laughs> denial depicted there by Jiva Goswami and Gopal Champu. Hmm? Every, every reason they would give, she would give a counter-reason. Like, you know, he comes and steals our butter and yogurt. Well, why don't you, you know... Put it up high. Well, he because he stands, you know, on the shoulders of his brother. Or why don't you keep it in the dark? Because wherever he goes, it lights up, you know. Um, and so, one excuse after another, they would debate. And she knew her son was guilty, but she couldn't admit it to herself entirely. But she chastised her husband. And the neighbors are complaining. What kind of coward are you? You're the king of the cowards, and his son is going elsewhere to drink milk. So he said, okay, okay, select some special cows from the herd, put them on special grasses, and that milk, hmm, you make the sweets, butter, yogurt out, so we'll keep him at home. And that milk was boiling on the stove, right? Hmm. And she had then, and boiling over, about to, she had to make a quick decision to take Krishna off of her breast and put him down, 
and save the milk or let the milk boil over. So she did the Tadiya Seva. She did service to that which is dear to Krishna over directly serving Krishna, hmm? which is a good idea. And she, she tended to the boiling milk and, of course, Krishna through a tantrum. Hmm? Later he realized, as a budding youth of seven in his Pogondalila, that I was traumatized in my childhood. My mother neglected me because of this Indra, because if he, if the other, this hadn't been going on, the maidservants would have been there, and I would have never had to go through this traumatic experience, hmm? to be taken off of my mother's breast just when I was, you know, being nourished there and put down. Uh, and so then, then what to speak, you know? So then I acted out, you know. Fair enough. And, and then she chased me and tied me up. Hmm? And then these two big trees in the yard fell down. And, and it was such a commotion. And this is a, tra- this is a huge event in my childhood. So traumatic. Hmm? My father came. What happened? The trees have fallen. This old, big, old Yamalardun trees in the courtyard, they had fallen. What? What? Uh, what? Who caused it? Hmm? rushed there to the scene from the barn. Hmm? And then Krishna looked. <laughs> and everybody looked at Mother Yasoda. <gasps> Tied to the mortar. Mother ties child in backyard, you know. <laughs> Trees fall over. <laughs> you know. So, <laughs> so, uh, the mother sort of just run to her bedroom, hmm? and Krishna's taken. He has to drink milk, so the father takes him to, to the barn with milk, put some rock candy in the milk. Hmm? You drink this, you know. And, and I don't want to see her. Hmm? Oh, and she's weeping in the room, and Rohini has to be the mediator. Hmm. And finally Krishna breaks down and runs in, of course. And, but this is a very traumatic event, huge event in his in his childhood. Hmm. The story is told best by those two trees. Hmm. Those two trees told the story through the pen of Jiva Goswami. Snigdakanta and Madhukanta. Hmm. They were related to the family, extended relatives of the family of Nanda Maharaj, and they were bards, musicians who would go and, minstrels, they would go and, and tell a story and put it to music and so forth. Hmm? And they were said to be omniscient, to know everything about a person. They could really write the song and tell the story. So when they came to the Brudge, Nanda Maharaj wanted to make an assembly whereby the story of his own, that the Nanda Maharaj and family would be told. Hmm? And so we've heard about your special powers, and so you please tell the story. And so then they begin to, to tell the story. Hmm. And uh, and they're telling the story so nicely that Nandamars and everybody's looking at one Wow, they know our hearts. They know how we felt on that day, not just what happened, but how we were feeling. Hmm. And all the, again, all the feeling of the events are coming out. This is this is a supplementary book of the Goswamis to the Bhagavatam, just showcasing the feelings. 
the story will be told a little differently in the Bhagavatam. Nari the Gopal Champu. Hmm? Hmm? There she tried to tie him with a ribbon from her hair and was unsuccessful. It was two inches too short. And the ladies who had complained hmm, were taking great pleasure in now looking over the wall hmm, and seeing her try to try to chastise her son. And they were throwing rope over. Here's Roro. Tie it to your ribbon. And they kept tying and tying and tying. It remained two inches too short, of course, as we know. And finally, when he acquiesced and allowed himself to be captured, then with the ribbon in her hair only, she could tie him. And a ribbon is not a very strong rope, but it was strong enough to break down the Himalayan trees and represents her, her, the measure of her, the bond of her affection for him. So anyway, they tell the story beautifully until they, when, when they get to this story, Snigdakanta Madhukanta, the two minstrels, when they get to this story of the Damodar Leela. Hmm? Oh, with such detail, they bring out the Vatsalya Rasa, these feelings. And then, with a hint, they, they show who they are. We were those trees hmm? in our previous lives. We have been cursed by Narada for our inappropriate activities, and the curse was a blessing to be born as trees in the courtyard of Nanda Maharaj. Hmm? And there we saw all these pastimes. Hmm? So many pastimes. And when we were fallen, then we got to take birth in the community, and here we are to tell the story. Hmm? So, when Krishna then was talking to Nanda Maharaj at seven years old when the Indra Yogi was being prepared and everybody was running around like Bhakti Rasa, <laughs> you know, trying to get everything done for the festival and uh, wishing she had four, four arms and so forth. Yes, Guru Maharaj. Everything all right? Yes, Guru Maharaj. Don't have time to say anything else. So, uh, then Krishna's asking, hmm, well, what's this festival about? What's the philosophy behind this? And the boy starts, seven-year-old boy, starts speaking philosophy. And Nandamaraj, he didn't really listen to the philosophy, but just the boy is talking philosophy. Come on, over, listen to this. Upananda. Hmm. Sananda. His, his brothers got, listen, look at this. this the philosophy is going in one, Sankhya philosophy is going in one ear, out the other. This um, uh, karma mimamsa, in one ear, out the other. Hmm? This uh, uh, in one ear, nyaya, out the other. It's really no ear for that. Hmm? These, these philosophies are found in terms of what's useful in them within the Bhagavatam. Sankhya is, is imported into the Bhagavatam, some yoga, some, some nyaya, and so forth. Not the conclusions, but some parts. Hmm? So, anyway, Nanamar said, going in one ear, out the other. He has no ear for this. He has no ear for that. Hmm? But he, what he has, it's hard is taken by a seven-year-old boy, and then he's speaking philosophy. Look at this. They don't care what the philosophy is, but look at this. Listen to this. It's so charming. Hmm? 
So if a young boy, hmm, uh, the Kumaras were even younger, hmm, Krishna was in his pogon age, if they, if they come into your social scene or into the neighbor's house naked, hmm, that's, nobody's alarmed. They don't call the police naked man in the house here, you know, problem, you know, get what? Protect your kids. What's going? No, it's just charming. And if that boy speaks philosophy, oh goodness. Hmm? Hmm? So, a little celibacy goes a long way here, apparently, for the Kumars, because they were such, and they could speak philosophy very nicely. They were very, very, very learned. Hmm? They are complex people, as figures in 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 the sacred text, as are. As is everybody, your Naradas and um, Brahmas, there's different kinds of them and different kinds of Shivas and different kinds of Naradas and different kinds of Kumaras and so forth. But these, these four Kumaras in this particular time, hmm, that we focus in on them relative to the occasion, they were, uh, they were Gyanis. Thus some seed for Bhakti was there already. Hmm? by association they had with Narada. Hmm? They became great devotees, eventually, hmm? in Shantarasa, for a reason. We'll get to that. Hmm? Still, that said, amongst them, Sanat Kumar is most important to us. There is Sanaka, which means ancient, Sananda, which means eternally, like, joyful. There is Sanatana, which means eternal. And Sanat Kumar, eternal youthful. These are the Chatusan, four, four mental sons of Brahma. Hmm? I say that Sanat Kumar is most famous of them. They're hmm? very expert in, in yoga philosophy and Sankhya. They heard the Bhagavatam from Sankarshan. They um, are very prominent throughout the sacred texts with their learning and the teaching that they selflessly give. But they're very special to us in a particular way, and that's why Rupa Goswami mentions them. Where, of all places, in his Radhika Stava, his prayers glorifying Radha, he says, Karunam Karunamayi, Karunavarite, Sanaka Sanatana, Varnita Charite. The Karunamayi, most merciful Radharani, her praises are being sung by the Kumaras. They couldn't even get into Vaikuntha, we were telling this story, and here they are. So, afterwards, curious, learned as they are, they knew about everything. And they have, Sanat Kumar in particular has penned a section of the Shiva Purana. It's called Sanat Kumar Samhita. Hmm? And there we find the scriptural genesis for the conception of what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came to give, hmm? make available to the world. Hmm? The opportunity to taste the experience, the, the bhava of Radharani, by a special path, not of competing with her, 
for Krishna, hmm? being a rival, but by being a, being a handmaiden of Radha, a dasi of Radha. Hmm? We call, sometimes it's properly called the man- manjari love, manjari feel, manjari bhava. Hmm? This is written about by Sanat Kumar. Hmm? Sanat Kumar Samhita, he tells all these details. Hmm? What is this Manjari Bhav? It's peculiar because Shiva Purana. Hmm? Peculiar in a number of ways. That's one way. It's in a Shiva Purana. But, uh, that's a way of saying, hmm, uh, this is the secret of the secrets. It's known. But Anyway, so he learned it, so he wrote about that. And he, um, Sanat Kumar, he, um, so Rupa Goswami is glorifying him. That the, the love of Radha is glorified by these sages who are so sober, and so it must be something different than what it might look like on the surface. The love of Radha and the Gokul Taruni, the young girls of Vrindavan for Krishna, it's something very extraordinary. Hmm. Like I said, if you want to call yourself Christian, have a Radha, you have to also be able to appear as a half-man and a half-lion. Um, if you can't do that, then you can't have a Radha. <laughs> so, uh, a very special thing. Pujala Raghapata Gaurava Bhangi Matala Harijana Kirtana We hold that over our head. We, we worship this Raghmarg, such a high thing. Hmm? So the Kumaras are doing that from some distance. Hmm? They're exemplifying this verse of Bhakti Siddhanta, this, this uh, one line of his song. Uh, that, that this, this servitude, the, the, the glories of Radharani, I should say, they're they're making. And it's curious because they have their own sampradaya, and that in Barka sampradaya, then they don't. In that sampradaya, they don't honor the parakya. And Manjari Bab is all has to do with the parakya. Hmm? Therefore, it's said that 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 Sanat Kumar. Hmm? appeared within Sanatan Goswami when Sanatan Goswami appeared in the world that he could secretly taste the ideal of the Godi of Vaishnavas that he himself had written about in Sanat Kumar Samhita there's mentioned in Gauragana Deshtabhika that they say Sanatan Goswami is a partial incarnation of Sanat Kumar it means that Sanat Kumar entered into the form of Sanatana Goswami, and covertly, if you will, or indirectly, Rupa Goswami is giving some deference, as he would in Gaurila, to his other Sanatana Goswami in his glorification of Radha, by way of saying, oh, the Kumaras are worshipping her. So they're very special people. We should have the highest regard for him, and now them, and now we're going to talk about them in a way that, without having that preference, we might not think so highly of them. They were wandering, going everywhere, as I said, and they had no no uh, bias, right? They were had no attachments. So when we were attached to something, then we have a bias and we can't see it clearly. Detachment brings clarity of, of thought. Hmm? Mother named her blind son Padmalochan. So it's the opposite of the Kumaras. You follow me? In other words, Padmalochan means lotus eyes. So this blind son doesn't have very beautiful eyes, but out of motherly love, 
she was blinded to that. Hmm? And as I said, love turns faults into ornaments, so she named her son Lotus Eyes. Hmm? So what's the reality? That's the question, right? Does he really have ugly eyes or does he have lotus eyes? Hmm? The, the love reality is that he has lotus eyes. We'll go with that. Hmm? This is, the, this is the, the course of the Bhagavatam seeks to take us along. Hmm? But the Kumaras, they were uh, personifications of, of knowledge. They're described in the Bhagavatam even as, as Shaktivish avatars of Krishna. They are, they are empowered with, the, with what? The, uh, the Shakti of Gyan, Gyan Shakti, hmm? empowered with knowledge. And the, what corresponds with knowledge is detachment. Hmm? If you are wise, then you will not attach yourself to things because attachment is the womb from which suffering is born. We think we'll be happy by attaching ourselves to things, but the things we can't keep. Hmm. And they don't usually live up to their reputation or what we what we thought they might be. We buy them, they don't work, and we still have to pay the credit card bills for them. Hmm. And it's so weird. It's misery. So Dukkha Yona Evate, Bhagavad Gita says, that attachment is the womb from which suffering is born. This was the wisdom of the Buddha also. So with wisdom comes detachment. Hmm? If you want to have enduring life, happy life, it will not be had in relation to things that don't endure. It's a very simple arithmetic. Hmm? So the Kumaras, they had done their math. Hmm? You find these type of jnanis, for example, they walk barefoot. barefoot. If you try to give them a so you have to have some nice shoes, they won't take. Hmm. Take a nice sweater. No, he won't take. They won't take because they know. Hmm? It will be taken from me. I'll get the shoes, and I'll think I'm nice. And then I'll take them off to enter the temple, and somebody will steal them. Hmm? And then I'll have to suffer. They've got it all figured out ahead of time. They won't take anything. No attachment. Attach- they understand this point. They're living on this point. Attachment is the womb from which suffering is born. Hmm? So, they wear ashes, for example. Hmm? This is Gyan Marg. It's very different than the Bhakti Marg. Hmm? It makes, detachment makes the heart hard, and knowledge gives birth to pride. And Bhakti is all about soft heart, and humility. These are very different. Now, there are similarities between Gyan and Bhakti, obviously. We also have our renunciation. We also gather knowledge and so forth. But you have to understand the important difference. It's an extremely different path. Hmm? And so the the course to tread hmm, by which our detachment is arrived at is very different and the knowledge, very different than the course tread by the jnanis. Therefore, our detachment doesn't result in hard heart, and our detachment and our knowledge doesn't result in pride. Hmm? 
But in Gyan Marg, these are problems. In Bhakti Marg, then we are attached to things in relation to Krishna. I often say that Prabhupada used to give the mantra, you're not the body. And it's true, and it's an important point to make. But Rupa Goswami also says it's a small point because knowledge and bhairagya are not angas or limbs of bhakti. They might be a little useful in the beginning, just like if your car is stalled, the battery is stalled, then you get some guys to push it for a few feet, and then it goes. Once it starts, you don't need that pushing. It's like this. So just to get the engine going a little bit, a little knowledge that you're not the body might be useful. Of course, Rupa Goswami says this in a culture where that is the overriding understanding, theoretically at least, of everybody practically except Charbuck, maybe a couple of others. That you're not now Charbuck's everywhere, and there's a few of us who think that you're not the body. Charbuck was the famous materialist who said, you know, if you want to be happy, well, eat, drink, and be merry, and make sure you eat with things cooked in ghee. Well, that was his, his saying, if you got money, buy ghee, something like that. And Prabhupada was told, if you get money, print books. Hmm? Print books about bhakti. Hmm? And he was doing it. How much money did he have to print his Bhagavad Gita? Hmm? To print his, his, his Back to Godhead magazine. How much money did he have? Not enough. How did he print it? He fast-talked to the printer. Hmm? But his talking had power because how renounced was he? He had one dhoti. Hmm? Where did the day? Wash it at night. Hmm? He didn't spend on the second dhoti. He needed enough enough paisa to get on the train to go to Delhi, hmm? bring the manuscript to the printer, back to Godhead, hmm? and somehow sweet-talked the printer. Here's a beggar with, with no money, always showing up in the same piece of cloth hmm? from Vrindavan saying, I'll pay you later. Just print the magazine. Hmm? There's no you know, <laughs> business sense to that proposal. But he printed the magazine. And Prabhupada then went to the tea shops. Hmm. Not to drink tea, but to sell his magazine. And to say, you guys all sitting here talking politics. It's all Rajaguna. Hmm. That's all. It's just all Rajaguna. Hmm. You, can, you try to make the material world perfect. It's not happening. Go back to Godhead. Take my magazine. Hmm. And, and meanwhile... He, 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 then he's trying to pay the printer, and what? And, and, and in the same time, he's making plans to sail to America. What? You haven't even paid me. You're trying to sail to America, and yeah, this is it. what? What kind of person is that? Hmm? Or Prabhupada? <laughs> huh? Hmm? He had such detachment. I heard he would criticism of him once, and there's a few foolish people. Um, said, you know, that he's riding in big airplanes like this. Sadhus, they do madukari. Madukari means, madukari means to kari, to make madu, to make honey. That's what the bee does. This this time of year you can see them, of course. Yeah, right? The 
pollen is out. <laughs> and the bee goes and takes a little bit from each flower, right? Just stays for a short period of time. So Madhukari is a type of vow that the sadhus in Vrindavan, many godias will take. The vow is that they will go from house to house and beg whatever food they get. Then that's what they eat for the day. That's how they maintain themselves. They're dependent upon Krishna. Hmm? So they go out and say, I'm servant of Krishna. Anybody want to feed me? Somebody does. So it's, it's an austere kind of uh, life. Prabhupada at that time, uh, the time that I'm speaking about before coming to America, he was living in the Radha Damodar temple. Hmm? And he was eating once a day. The offering from Radha Damodar was, being, was, was brought to him hmm? and spending his time riding and so forth. So anyway, they complained as he's riding on these big airplanes and so forth, going everywhere. And, and this is not sadhu. Sadhu does madhukari, lives in the dam. Hmm. One of my godbrothers, I've told the story, a sannyasi, I met him in Vrindavan once and he said, uh, you know, why don't you, I, see, I said, what are you doing? And they said, I'm doing madhukari. And I thought, he's doing madhukari, okay. The Prabhupada didn't do Madhukari. He's doing Madhukari. He said, yeah, he said, you know, such and such village over here near Barsana. I said, yeah, I've heard of that. He says, this Madhukari is really good over there. I said, they're not doing Madhukari. <laughs> they butter the chapatis over there. I mean, this is not Madhukari. Uh, and what was Prabhupada's Madhukari? I told the man who criticized us, I said, yeah, it's true, he didn't do Madhukari in Vrindavan. Instead, he, he somehow got on a boat Hmm? Yeah. To got to got to America, hmm? where there's no chapatis, hmm? right? He didn't know where his next meal would come from. All he had was a box of suitcase full of books, practically, hmm? and became a beggar in the streets of New York. Now in Vrindavan, there's a system, hmm? so. Beggars, okay, line up over here. There's Kitri over there. You could do Madhukari. That's good over here. <laughs> and so there's a whole system for feeding the sadhus. It's all built in. That's why Moraji, Moraji, Sumati, Moraji. Yeah. She told Prabhupada, "You can't leave Vrindavan at your age, at 70 years old, and how you oh you eat and uh, there's a system here for sadhus. There's a life here." Hmm? Vrindavan taking care of them. But for the what Vrindavan is really about, he went to America by whatever way, by the seat of his pants, so to speak. However he could get there, he got there. And he, he, he had, was his books only? Hmm? And he went to a house where he was, you know, got the invitation and so forth. And he cooked for them, right? And then he immediately, this is not happening here. I've got to go to the Big Apple. Hmm? where it's happening. <laughs> and there he lived in the Bowery on the streets. What, what would he get to eat? Hmm? Well, he's living on the faith in Harinam only. Faith in the Bhagavatam and its power. He said, I was prepared to preach to the walls. Hmm? <laughs> hmm? Yes, and he was flying in big airplanes. Hmm? One time I was sitting with him in Chicago when, uh, when he arrived in his room and the reporters were there and the reporter, lady reporter, Nice enough lady, she said, so, you know, I hear that you have many cars. Is it true? He said, not car, van. She said, oh, you have van. Yes, many, many. Said, oh, she's writing, he's got many vans, you know. 
she's starting to write it down, you know, like she's going to do her report. Calls himself a guru, sits on that seat. He's got many cars, vans. He says, yes, we have many vans. And then and then he says, and what is the name? Volkswagen? And then somebody says, it's a Chevy van problem. It's a Ford. And, and he says, yes. And, and, and our boys are going in the vans and living in the vans and going to the villages. Hmm? And carrying only the books with them, and and distributing them, and her whole argument just like evaporating. Um, she's oh, that isn't going anywhere. What? He's using the van. The, his his students are driving in the vans to sell books. What kind of? Couldn't catch him on that. She was and she was actually charmed by him. Hmm? Yes, he had many vans. Yes, he had many big buildings. Hmm? He converted funeral parlors. Into temples. It's true. <laughs> Some of them, in the mission in San Francisco, the, the temple was a funeral parlor, <laughs> and yeah, in Boston, and and Mason lodges and, and things like this, and hospitals or whatever, <laughs> and bowling alley, bowling alley <laughs> into, oh into, into into temples. You see, YMCA. yeah, <laughs> YMCA. So, so this is the power. He could turn a a bowling alley into a temple of Krishna. <laughs> what an extraordinary person. Hmm? And remember we, we when he got this the eleven story building in Manhattan and got out the elevator with him on the eleventh floor and somebody said, Prabhupada, you know, how you've got this big building in New York and said he said, Oh, it's just all oh, is Jaitanya Mahaprabhu and my Guru Maharaj. This is all Hmm. I'm just a beggar. Hmm. Is how he thought of himself. So he had. I'm talking about the measure of his attachment is extraordinary. It's extraordinary how he lived, hmm. only for Krishna. Hmm. And of all, so many, so many persons from India coming in the '60s, '70s, representing different uh, forms of uh, Hindu uh, spirituality, yoga, and so forth. Prabhupads tended not to speak. In a in a in a in a uh, I want to say esoteric way, more in a kind of plain truth way, and more kind of um, black and white. It's like this, and it's not like that. Hmm? And um, um, but uh, which is fine, and it worked. Um, but he had absolutely no. He had complete, I want to say, Shabde Nishnatam Brahmani Upashamashrayam, complete control of the human passions. It's incredible to watch. And one after another after another, this yogi, that yogi, and all. The boginess of their yoginess was, uh, came out, unfortunately. These are the things, as I say, observable symptoms. And they wrote some books in Shabde Parechanishnatam. He wrote 30 books, 30, 60 books, whatever he used to say. Hmm? So many books. And I've written about, I don't know, 10, 12, 15 books, something like that. He wrote 60 books while traveling in 12 years, while circling, circulating, circling, circulating, circling, circling the globe and wrote enough letters to fill, you know, this many books as well. It's an incredible what kind of control he had hmm, of his senses and how he used his 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 time. Once in Vrindavan, 
I was staying, and and uh, I had a room in the guest house that could look out the window onto Prabhupada's veranda. He had a house with a second story that had a little outside, upstairs kind of deck type garden hmm, setting, and so I could see that. And uh, so I w- went to bed at ten o'clock, and I got it, and Prabhupada would send us off, you know. For Miss Darshan, go and take rest and so forth. Ten o'clock, take rest. When I woke up to answer the call of nature, and then I look, and there's a light. I look out. There was Prabhupada, one o'clock, dictaphone, speaking the Bhagavatam. I realized, we go to bed, he stays up. Hmm? Then he rests a little bit, then he's up hmm? before we're up. Hmm? How he spent his time hmm? so wisely. It was said about Bhakti Vinod that he, he famous as he was and, and causing some some disturbance as preaching does. Sometimes some of my god brothers complained that that my preaching was causing disturbance, book distribution, and it's true. <laughs> but Prabhupada said if he doesn't cause disturbance then what there's no preaching. Hmm? Has to be disturbance. Prabhupada was very, very, very kind to me. I couldn't, I, I practically, I felt from him, I couldn't do anything wrong. Hmm? I felt, I, and I was doing lots of things wrong, but, but I couldn't do anything wrong in his, his, his eyes. He had very, so much affection from, from the very first time I saw him, he, he looked me right in the eye. I felt, oh, I've met my old friend. He's come to pick me up again. When I took sannyas and then in Vrindavan in 1975, 40 years ago, then I met him in in the airport in San Francisco when he came, and I paid my business to him at his feet. And he looked at me and he just chuckled. Uh-huh. <laughs> this guy is a sannyasi. This kid, look at this. <laughs> he just chuckled. Hmm? He was very, very kind to me. I mean, he has so many faults. And he completely overlooked them. He say, Krishna's Baba Grahi Janardana. You put your heart in the right place. So his renunciation was extraordinary, and his knowledge, so many books. Hmm? It was to read those books and think, what? where did he get that? And he's quoting this other book and some other book. And I'm thinking, he read all these books? This Purana says this, and this one says that. And this, uh, I, I was just amazed by that. Of course, Lokanamita Karnuti Bhuvani Manyo Sharanyakaro. What is it said? Nana Shastra Vicharana Goswamis actually did the harder work. Hmm? In one sense. Pujapachita Marsh said that if you want to make a garland out of gems, then you have to drill a hole in every gem. Hmm? That is the difficult part. And the Goswamis, Rup Sanatan, 
Shijiba Goswami and so forth, they did that. They drilled a hole in all the gems and they left for us only to thread them, pull the string through. And so they wrote the Bhakti Shastras. Prabhupada, of course, I realized later he's referring to their books and their books are referring to and so forth. But still, hmm, very faithfully, hmm, he carried on the message of the Parampara and and with uh, voluminously, with many, many volumes. So my point is that the measure of his detachment was extraordinary and the measure of his knowledge was extraordinary. But his detachment did not make his heart hard and his knowledge did not make him prideful. Hmm? His humility was extraordinary hmm? and very kind of he was confident. We should not mis- misconstrue confidence to be pride. He was confident. My Guru Maharaj told me to do this, and I'm doing it, and, uh, and not letting anybody get in the way of that. Hmm. Hmm. And this was his confidence, but, but humble as a person. Hmm. Again, he took one of the reporters, started writing, he's got so many vans, and then he said, yes, and they're going out, and the, she just felt, what? The boys are living in the vans and selling books. That's what he's doing with his cars. He's not living it up. <laughs> He's, what, and what is humility? Humility is the absence of the enjoying spirit. Hmm? As soon as we try to enjoy nature, our objects of senses, then we position ourselves above them as the enjoyer, the taker. Hmm? Suddenly I'm on the throne and these sense objects of taste, smell, touch, they're all for me. This is our reading of the world. This has to be changed. Therefore, Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasitaka said, humility is the absence of the enjoying spirit, which gives life to everything. Because when we see it as an object for our enjoyment, we don't see it for what it is. We don't see it through the eyes of Bhagwan. Hmm? Everything has a purpose and relationship with Krishna. Prabhupada said, our business is to excavate the connection of all things with Krishna. Isn't it? when we see it for our mentally conceived sense of self and the small-minded purpose of that, we don't see it for what it is. We can't get the full picture. And the world looks dead or lacking. Vrindavan, everything's alive. Everything's moving. And there, in Vrindavan, this humility, Sanatana Prabhupada says, practically becomes synonymous with bhakti. Humility fosters bhakti, Bhakti fosters humility. Hmm. From the humility comes more bhakti, from the bhakti comes more humility. Hmm. It's the higher end idea of humility, the low end of which starts in the second and third verses of Shikshastakam, the famous one in the third verse. You have to bend a little bit hmm, with your sadaka deha, like this, to get a siddha deha that's, that's so flexible. So many, <laughs> we'll get to that. Uh, oh, so many transformations. A, a very embodiment of ecstasy undergoing transformations. This is the sarup. Hmm? A suitable body for serving Rasaraj, the personification of rasa. You have to have a rasamayi, sarup. Hmm? Hmm. And that comes from using a sadhaka deha, a, spir- a practitioner's body properly. Hmm? Prabhupada did this so, such a nice example. Hmm? And this, again, I'm, the point I'm making here is 
There's a difference between gyan and bhakti. And see the difference. While they're similar, we believe in reincarnation. So do they. They say you're not the body. So do we. Hmm? Oh, so it's, we can all mix. It's no problem. <laughs> There's a big difference. We can mix on some level, but hmm? not like this. Not an intimacy. Hmm? Hmm? In Marg, renunciation way is the way. In Bhakti Marg, renunciation is not the way. In Gyanmarg, we advance by by Bhairagya. Again, Gyan knowledge is things don't endure. Attachment to them is the source of suffering. Gyanis won't take anything. Hmm? A real Gyani won't take anything. They won't take any money. Well, let me give you some. No, they know. It'll be taken away. I'll buy something with it. Someone will steal it. It'll, it'll wear out. And I'll suffer. I won't do that. Hmm? Prabhupada said, the Gyanis, real Gyani, you offer money, he will not take. Like this. Offer me money, I will go like this. <laughs> what kind of that? What is that then? Hmm? We don't advance by Bhairagya, by Sangha, just the opposite, by adding something on. Sadhu Sangha, hmm? by attachment. Prabhupada was fond of saying, as I said, the mantra, you're not the body, and it's true. And a little knowledge about the difference between Atma and the, and the, and the body and mind is useful. Maybe a little more useful in our culture than in the time when Rupa Goswami said, a little knowledge and a little detachment may be useful in the beginning of bhakti, but they're not angas of bhakti. Hmm? Again, that was a society in which everybody knew, at least theoretically, except for the charvaks, that you're not the body. Now we have a world of charvaks or atheists who say, beg, borrow, steal, but get ghee and rod is a name for a barber or something, a barber's wife or something like that. Yeah, probably should say something like that. Who cares for this, you know, hmm, stuff, rod above. I got a haircut from the barber and his name, wife's name was Radha, so I know Radha too. So, a few, so there was a, a time of Rupa Goswami, there was a, maybe a marginal group of atheists materialists. Hmm? Now, the world of Charvak, Charvak is just like, wow, I, I, I succeeded in the, in the long run. No, he didn't really. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, so, in our society, maybe we need a little more emphasis on you're not the body to get people into bhakti, but you have to understand, that's what you're trying to do, get them into bhakti. And then, in, ultimately, they have to be told, you are the body. What? You are the body. You have now a guru given sadhakadeya, practitioner's body. Hmm? You should take good care of that. That's all meant for serving Krishna. Hmm? It's not that Goswami thought to give up his body. Mahaprabhu said, no, no, I have many things I plan to do through your body. Hmm? He had gotten open sores on his body from drinking contaminated water in the, in the Jarikanda forest when he came to Puri. He thought, if Mahaprabhu sees me like he did before, he's so affectionate that I was disguised like a Muslim mendicant so that I, so I was escaping from jail so I would not be apprehended. When he saw me, he just embraced me. Hmm? Told me to go shave up and bathe in the Ganga, dressed like a Vaishnava. 
now I'm coming, he, out of his affection, he may embrace me, but my body is so vile, I don't want to do that, so I better I should give up my body and throw it under the Rathiatra cart on Rathiatra day. And the omniscient of Mahaprabhu, he came and said, no, don't do that. Hmm? That's my, your body, I plan to do many things to that. Hmm? He said, when you get initiated, he said, then you get a spiritual body. It's called a sadhaka day, and it's chinmai, ananda chinmai, in progress, to be spiritualized. Then he embraced Sanatana Goswami. All the sores went away. Hmm? Mahaprabhu said, Krishna brought you here and put those sores on your body to test me. He said, to test me. If I did not embrace your body and I just saw the sores and thought, oh, he's, he's got sores, contaminated, I would have made Vaishnava Parad. Krishna tested me. Just see. I embraced the body. See, there are no sores. Hmm? Krishna just made a pretense of them. That's Mahaprabhu's thinking. Hmm? So you are the body. Hmm? This is a body positive philosophy. <laughs> All right. Huh? <laughs> Sadaka Deha. We have a purpose, a use for that. Hmm? Nothing to be thrown away. Hmm? When Prabhupada was in New York, in the, the uh, Second Avenue, Second Avenue, and one bum came in, you know the story, and and then he just kind of made his way to the dais where Prabhupada was sitting. The devotees didn't know what to do, and he interrupted the talk, came up to the dais, and then reached in his coat and pulled out a roll of toilet paper and put it down, walked out. And everybody was like, what? How? And Prabhupada said, just see, his life in devotional service has, has begun. And Prabhupada didn't use that toilet paper. I don't know what he did with it. Maybe he blew his nose with it or something, but he thought, I, I'll, he's given some toilet paper. What is this stuff, anyway? Um, What's toilet paper? Uh huh. Okay. Well, find some way to use it. Hmm? In Krishna's service, this, this man's spiritual life has begun today. Hmm? So we have nothing to throw away. So we've ended the waste problem. Also, <laughs> again, love turns faults into ornaments. So, yeah. so bhakti very different from gyan. Hmm? In gyan. The way is vairagya, and it makes the heart hard. In bhakti, there's also vairagya or detachment, but it comes in the context of bhakti, because when we love Krishna and our guru, then we think, if it is favorable for bhakti, I will accept it. If it's unfavorable, I will renounce it. We are not doing renunciation unto itself. We are loving Krishna. Hmm? And if loving Krishna means giving something up without a thought, without a second thought, we abandon it. Just give, give it away to somebody else or find some way to convert it, as I said. Hmm? So that kind of renunciation, Rupa Goswami terms it, yuktabairagya. Hmm? It's very practical. It's a giving up the sense of proprietorship, hmm? ownership, that gives rise to pride, Hmm? It's mine. Means that a certain I is arising out of a sense of mine. Hmm? That I is a problem because nothing is yours, so that I is false as well. Hmm? So in bhakti, hmm, it's a healthy form of bhairagya. Therefore, it said renunciation 
knowledge unto themselves, they can't give bhakti. If they join with bhakti, then they have meaning. Same with acquisition, hmm? the karma mark. In bhakti mark, we also acquire. If something useful for Krishna service, we'll acquire it. Hmm? We'll take it. The prophet said, I'll take the money like this. Hmm? So acquisition and renunciation, bog and tyag, these are the two sides of the coin of material life. They are both employed in the context of bhakti in a healthy way. Hmm? And so renunciation comes about without hardening the heart. Properly understood, renunciation is the first step in loving. Stepping back to see things objectively for what they are, given their own life in relation to Bhagwan, and then relate to them on that basis. Hmm? Humbly, as one of the one of the things also that are used to be to be used by Krishna. Hmm? We're all in it together. We're all the we're all the same. We're all to be used by him. Hmm? So it brings you in a sense of community with everyone and everything. We are all Shakti Tattva. Hmm? Whether it be Maya Shakti, Jeev Shakti, still we are Shakti Tattva. And he is Shaktiman. Hmm? We're not entirely different from, from the body. We are, it is, that is Maya Shakti. We are Tatasta Shakti. We are both Shaktis. Hmm? We're one and different two at the same time. Hmm? So in Bhakti Marg, then this renunciation comes about in a healthy way, in a natural way. Hmm? And it doesn't make the heart hard. The heart hard. It doesn't make the heart hard. And there's knowledge also in bhakti. You have to know who is Krishna, who is Bhagwan, hmm? how to do bhakti. Hmm? So many books there written about Krishna. So this and this knowledge only makes you humble. You find yourself read about Krishna and you like him. Read about Narayan and you think, oh, it's, he's nice. Such a nice person. You can't do that in Gyan. <laughs> you can't feel like that. Hmm? So in Bhakti, we, are, we, we acquire knowledge and detachment, but the heart becomes soft and, we never, and, and, and the disposition becomes humble. The Kumaras now, telling the story, <laughs> they, they, they were Gyanis. They were detached. And they had knowledge. They could go anywhere. Hmm? They were welcome anywhere. And they came to Baikuntha. There is a, said to be a Baikuntha planet within the material world. Hmm? That's where they came. Hmm? They came there. They entered that place uh, through the first gate, second gate, third gate, up to the seventh gate. And there they were stopped by the gatekeepers, Jai and Bijai, would not let them in. They put down their, their sticks, cannot enter here. And the Kumaras, well, they took exception to this. Hmm? You see, in the personal life of a devotee, we look at the example of Parikshit Maharaj, I told, right? He was cursed to die. He didn't get angry and curse him back, and he had the power to do that, hmm? the son of the Brahman who cursed him. He just accepted it on his head. Hmm. So 
Krishna's coming in the form of the snake bird to take away all my attachments, then I'll be free to love him. How fortunate I am. But the Kumaras, they thought, hey, we're somebody. We can go anywhere. We can go anywhere we want. And you think we can't come in here? Who, who do you think you are? So some pride was coming in them. And then hardness in the heart cursed them. Gave them a curse. Very harsh treatment. How did the gatekeepers respond to that? Well, first of all, it was a huge commotion in Vaikuntha. Narayan was in his palace with Lakshmi. And words everywhere. The gate, at the gate, there's been a, an, an event. The gatekeepers have blocked the Kumaras from coming. They've been cursed. This is out of the ordinary occurrence in the daily affairs of Vaikuntha. This chapter is a Bhagavatam. A beautiful description of Vaikuntha and of, of Narayana. And a beautiful description of Lakshmi and how she feels also. Smiling at Narayan, thinking how charming he is. Hmm. This time, actually, she was had a, a little bit of a gripe about the gatekeepers. Hmm. They were very staunch devotees, so Narayan, Jai and Vijay. And once they were also guarding the palace, the inter, inner palace. And Lakshmi wanted to get in. They said, nope, you can't get in. Narayan's sleeping. She says, yeah, it's me, I'm Lakshmi. I said, okay, yeah. Fine, you're the servants of Narayan, you know, like this. So later she tells Narayan, you know, like, like this is a little over the top, isn't it, you know? Like, I'm your wife. You know, I know these guys are your servant. They'll do anything for you, but I'm, like, I'm your wife. And uh, he said, well, you know, take it easy, take it easy. Here you go. But uh, <laughs> he couldn't do anything about it publicly. She said, you should speak to them. You know? so he couldn't do that because the Bhav of Vaikuntha would not allow that. Hmm? If Narayan was thought to be henpecked, Vaikuntha is, what? What's going on here? That's God. It's Lakshmi, he's got a consort, but, you know, she's a servant too. This is God. Hmm? That just won't go over there at all. So Narayan says, shush, hush, hush, hush. I'll take care of it. Let's not make a big thing out of it now. You know? <laughs> In Vrindavan, of course, that is the whole thing. Vrindavaneshwari Radhe Kijai. Krishna's completely conquered by her. He is the dear Lalita, the kind of, the kind of hero hmm, in Indian aesthetics who's conquered by his lover, controlled by his lover. Hmm? Ryan cannot be, be like that in Vaikuntha. Hmm? But here on this occasion then, the gatekeepers were stopped the Kumaras and the Kumaras cursed them, so Narayan came out with Lakshmi and Narayan chastised the gatekeepers. Hmm? Lakshmi said, oh, okay. But still, yeah. don't be too harsh on them. I mean, you know, they're good devotees. <laughs> and um, She's thinking like this. They're good devotees. And, and these are the Kumaras. They're not me. I mean, uh, so immediately, of course, she starts to feel sympathetic towards them mm. Mm. and uh, affectionate towards them. But meanwhile, the 
Narayan starts to speak to the Kumars, and he just glorifies them for their knowledge, detachment, their Brahmanism, their jnana, vairagya, and, and, he, and, he's, and he's, just, he's speaking down against the, the gatekeepers, how they could do this to you people who are so intelligent and so pure, completely pure in heart, and you have no bias whatsoever, hmm? no prejudice, no attachment. You can go anywhere. You're accepted everywhere. And my servants, they wouldn't let you in. Shame on them. Shame on the two of you. He's speaking like this. And and the Kumaras are listening to him. They're very intelligent. And they're thinking, is he just saying that or does he mean that? What, what What's he saying here? And meanwhile, he says that I'm so sorry for having offended you. And when they say when he says that, they think, oh, wait a minute. He didn't offend us. The gatekeepers offended us. But he says, I offended you. That means he feels that he's one with these people. These gatekeepers and he, he says, whatever they do, I've done. And then they start thinking, we, we know that Narayan is God. We've heard that. We're Gyanis. We're interested in Brahman, but we, now we're meeting him. And, he, and we see he has these people. And yes, it's true. It's said in the Gita that Gyanis are very dear to Krishna. Hmm? Right? So what is that verse? And... Hmm? So, and... And Vasudeva Sarvamiti. Hmm? They see Vasudeva everywhere. His hmm? gyanis. That's, and they're dear to him. But they are not as dear as the devotees. This is what the this is what the gyanis, the kumars really not as dear as them. Hmm? And so they realized he's just like he's he's speaking in one way, but he's meaning something else. Hmm? Actually, obviously Gyan Brahmanism, Vairagya, they take a lower seat to bhakti. Hmm? The attendants who blocked them, they didn't make any offense, but Narayan said, you've been, you've, been, you've been cursed, and now you have to live out the curse. Hmm? When, this, when this story was told in the seventh canto by Narada to Yudhisthira, Yudhisthira, what did he say? He said, I cannot believe that anyone could fall from Vaikuntha. Hmm. First chapter of the seventh canto, maybe the 31st, 35th verse, he says, I cannot believe that anyone could fall from Vaikuntha because they have bodies made of the Sarup Shakti. Hmm. They're completely spiritual. The point here is very strong because he said, he's, he's saying, even on the strength of a curse of a pure soul, a jnani, with no attachment, who has power. In other words, when he makes a curse, that has power. Hmm? We were saying, you know, you fertilize the brain. <laughs> However it happened, they have power, these guys. The celibate, that's a, that's a power. When Bhishma when Dave said, oh, you don't have to worry, Dad. Um, you know, in Mahabharat, 
that your wife is thinking, was his wife? He wanted to marry her. He, he wanted to marry a girl, and, and the wife said, but, but I want my son would be the heir to the kingdom, but you have a son named, and, and he will be. And so his son said, no, I take a vow for my, I mean, he says, Chatria. These guys got some passion. Hmm? He said, I take a vow for my whole life that I will be celibate. And then the gods in the heavens said, Bhishma! Bhishma. It means something like, holy cow. (laughs) Unbelievable. Unbelievable. He's going to be celibate as a Kshatriya, who's, you know, the tendency to have a harem and so forth, and very worldly, you know well-dressed and the whole thing. The king is the epitome of materialism in the Bhagavatam. So many stories of the kings. Again and again, the Bhagavatam is making the story. You can be king of the whole world and, have, and, and be nowhere in comparison to being just a tiny, just, just associated with a real devotee. Again and again, the Bhagavatam makes this simple point over and over again. What gain a, gain a person if they inherit the world but lose their soul? Something like that. In the biblical uh, verse. So, <laughs> they had great power. That restraint. We, we think we get power by protein and bodybuilding and so on and so forth. These guys had different kind of power. They had the power to resist the call of the senses. This is extraordinary power. Hmm? So they went inward. They had a mystical kind of power. So if they were to curse somebody, it was like, it has to happen, it has to happen. Hmm? But when Yudhisthira heard the story, he said, I do not believe it is possible even by the curse of the Kumaras, that anyone can fall from Vaikuntha. This just underscores the point here, a point that comes up in the story. And Prabhupada, in his commentary on that verse, says, it's a fact. No one falls from Vaikuntha. That's not happening. That's impossible. Some people say, well, actually what happened was the Kumaras went to that Vaikuntha planet within the world hmm? and they fell from there. Hmm? But in Lagu Bhagavatamrita, Baladibhidi Brusan in his comment on Jiva Goswami, Rupa Goswami's book says, that's not happening either. Because in the 88th chapter of the 10th canto, hmm? in the 25th and the 26th verse, it says, hmm? that's where Shiva went. That's the planet where Shiva went to get away from that Vrikrasura who said, who had given the blessing, who's ever had you touch will crack. Remember we told the story earlier. So when he got to, he went to the Vaikuntha planet, and the Ryan said, okay, check it out, touch your head, see if it even works. And the guy touched his head and it cracked, and so Shiva was saved, right? Hmm? That's the planet he entered. And when that description is given in the 88th chapter of the 10th canto, hmm, it is said about that planet, and from that place, no one returns going there in a real sense, not like for entertainment. Like I said earlier, some people get in for a minute or two to entertain the inhabitants and then they're thrown back out. Hmm? But to really go there, even there, no, you cannot fall from there. Hmm? 
Did the Kumar, did the, did the, did the Jai Vijay fall? They were cursed to fall to the material world. Hmm? What Narayan said was, well, you know, I honor the curse of the sages. I honor it. You're going to have to fall. Hmm? You have to take three births as demons, and then you'll return here. Then he pulled them aside, and he said, actually, you're not going to fall at all. Hmm? Only expansions of yourselves will go. You'll always be here. Hmm? This is proven in the Bhagavatam also. Hmm? Because later, in, earlier, in the eighth canto of the Bhagavatam, the story of Vamana and Bali, it's mentioned that in some rift between the gods and the goddesses, the inhabitants of some of the, some of the persons in Vaikuntha, the Vishnudutas, were involved. And the, and, and the names mentioned there, Jai and Vijay, are mentioned. Hmm? They were or in Vaikuntha, it means, at the same time, the demons of Hiranyakasipu, for example, Hiranyakasipu is our hero today, uh, he, he was in Ravana, they were in the world. So how could Jai and Vijay be in the world as demons and be described as being in Vaikuntha at the same time? So this is how the Go, well, the Goswamis understood the, what, what, what is bhakti. And they, 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 they thought the Bhagavatam has to be saying the, nobody can possibly fall from there in any way, in any form of Vaikuntha even, any manifestation of it. Only some partial manifestation of themselves went. Hmm? He said, I'm keeping you here as gatekeepers. And by the way, he said, I know your heart. I arranged it all. This whole thing has been arranged by me. Hmm? Why? You'll see. But the Kumaras, hmm? what happened to them? They realized we are the offenders here. We've offended by our anger and our cursing if I couldn't the people. Hmm? And so, this is our fate. We could have had Dasya Rasa, but we created an offense to a devotee. We can only get Shantarasa. Hmm? Vishwana Chakwati Thakur says, in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, in the, in the third chapter of the first section on Bhava, hmm? towards the end of the chapter there, there's a verse that says, by offense to a devotee, hmm, one's Bhava can be how you say, taken down, downgraded. downgraded. By the association with the Dasya Bhakti, they had the opportunity for Dasya Bhakti before them. Because why? Rutir How you get Bhakti, how you get Baba? By Bhakti, by Bhakti Sangskar, Vasanas. By having association with devotees in Dasya Rasa, Vishwanasarkipaita. This is a verse from Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. I mentioned it last night. Jiva Gos Rupa Goswami asked the question, how, how do you, how, why one person chooses this bhav, one chooses another bhav? One gets one rasa, one gets another. He said, because it comes from association. If you associate with a Sakya Rasa Bhakta or Madhurya Rasa Bhakta, then that's what you'll get. Hmm? Bhakti comes from bhakti. You, you have up, you are so, by nature, you lend yourself to being nurtured. If you are nurtured by that kind of sangha, that what kind of bhakti you will get. Hmm? So they had the opportunity for dasya bhakti before them, hmm? and they made offense. They could only get shanta bhakti. Hmm? They hadn't got it yet. 
They had no bhav. That's why they couldn't get in. So they were pure. Muktas, well, they couldn't get into Vaikuntha. Hmm? Which is such a humble place. Hmm? That was their position. Meanwhile, Narayan took a side jai jai and he said, what? He said, oh, he said, so your expansions will go for three births. Hmm? And I did this whole thing. I orchestrated this whole thing. I was behind it. Why? Hmm? Not because Lakshmi was upset. You know, they had something to do. I had to satisfy her and chastise you guys. You're okay, but... But but the bigger story is, I know your heart. And in your heart, what happened? In the hearts of the, in the, of the Jai and Bijai, they had a desire. They thought, Narayan... We want to offer something to Narayan. We want to offer the opportunity for Virarasa. This is what we want. It's a very interesting concept. You understand this point. In Baikuntha, in Goloka, there are desires. You have desires. All the desires, however, fit within the parameters of the Sarup Shakti, which is all orchestrated towards pleasing Krishna only. Hmm? It's very interesting. So there's, there's two ways of looking at it, from Bade and Abade. From the Vedanta Sutra, Baladev talks about it from the Abade point of view. Non-difference. There, the, the Mukta acquires, is blessed with a spiritual body. Hmm? And Narayan, or Krishna, in, in this case, uh, carries out, plays out his desires as Rasaraj through the many devotees in their bodies. Hmm? So he's doing it all. From the Bade perspective, the difference perspective, then the devotees have their own desires. Hmm? They're all desires to please Krishna in different ways. Hmm? Like, we take Sakyaras, it's not just some like robot or something like that. People are alive. They've got will. The Sarup Shakti fosters the will of the Jiva. The Maya Shakti covers the will of the Jiva. Practically, we become an unwilling, just robot, materially speaking, Prakriti kriyamanani gunai karmani sarvasa. You think you're doing something, but it's just the brain and the body. It's just the gunas, Krishna says in the Gita. And you're a soul, and you're just like frozen there, taken over by the gunas. And you've got all these material samskaras fostering the repetition of the same type of activity again and again. Life after life, you're in this vicious circle, cycle. Practically speaking, you are a robot. Hmm? You have no life, practically. It's hard to make a choice. Choice opportunity is always there, but it's hard to make it because you've got a sangskar, a tendency to, from the past to choose in a particular way. The only way is sangha, by association. And sadhu sangha, sadhu sangha, sarva shastrikoi. Lava matra, sadhu sangha, sarva siddhikoi. It's so powerful that a little bit of that can change lifetimes, eons and eons, since time with no beginning of some scars for moving in another direction. Hmm? Oh, so powerful. Hmm? And then the more we take that Sangha, association of devotees, the more the self comes out, and the self has will, has a unit of will. But in the in the, in the the proximity of, or in the, in the, within the environment of the Sarup Shakti that Bhakti is constituted of, then we we have we have making choices all the time, hmm? all for the pleasure of Krishna, hmm? 
And Krishna loves everything about every cowherd and every, every, every gopi. Everything about them. Everything they do, they think, they want. It's all only identified with his pleasure. Hmm? And, and he, he can be Rasaraj, therefore, and taste all of it. Hmm? So in Vaikuntha, these two gatekeepers, they thought, let us offer Virarasa. Virarasa means it's a heroic rasa. Where, where, uh, Narayan can be the hero. There are different types of Vira. Uh, Utsaha, it's also mentioned, described as, uh, termed. There's Yudavira, Tanavira, Dayavira, Dharmavira. So there's a hero, there's a Dharmic hero who stands up and forcefully for Dharma. Hmm? This is a type of hero. Uh, Virasa. There's a Dayavira, one who's, who's, who's like Vira, kind of virile and heroic in, that, in, in giving in charity. Hmm? And then there's the, the Dhanavir. Hmm? Dhanavir, 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 excuse me. Dhanavir means to give in charity. Dhanavir means to show mercy. The hero who shows mercy. Hmm? And then there's Yudavira. Yudavira means the fighting, actual fighting. Hmm? Of course, when Orion fights, or Krishna, he typically doesn't, Orion. Hmm? We say when he comes to the material world, he's always fighting with the demons and so forth, but that's not rasa then. For there to be rasa, it must be, there must be bhakti, it must be anukul. Hmm? The, the, the person who Krishna or Orion fights with has to be a devotee who wants to please him. Hmm? So with ordinary demons, that's not possible. Hmm? And who's going to fight with him in, in Vaikuntha? But this desire came in the hearts of Jai Bijai. Oh, it would be nice if we could offer some Vira rasa to, to Narayan. And so the whole thing is created for this purpose. Hmm? Yudavira. It's kind of a play fighting. It's very particular to Goloka and Sakirasa. Hmm? There are these boyfriends of Krishna. They're always mock fighting with, with him and with one another for his pleasure and so forth. Hmm? Cowards taking bows and arrows, and they put leather leather tips on the bow on the arrows, hmm? shoot them at one another. Hmm? And Sridham is so quick with his stick, with his cowarding stick, that he can turn it like this and knock all the arrows coming in. And Krishna looks in amazement. Ha! Huh, look at that. Hmm? Now I want to challenge you. Then they will wrestle. Sridham is the best. And he will wrestle with Krishna. And he will pin Krishna to the ground. One time they're wrestling, fighting, and Krishna was pinned to the ground by Sridham. And shoulders down, everything. And just as Sridham is lifting his hand to say victory, Krishna says, I won! I won! Just see! And Sridham says, What are you talking about? You won! You're the, whose nose is down loses! Your nose was down! My nose was up. I won. Hmm? Oh, what are you talking about? And then the, so they continue to argue. And then Durvas comes on the scene. Rishi, he's looking at this in Shantarasa. What is this? Where am I? What's going on here? So Krishna says, hey, look, there's a Rishi. Let's ask him who won. Hmm? They know. He's a fair judge. 
So they go up and say, we were two fighting, and uh, I think I won, and he thinks he won. Who who do you think won? <laughs> Duras is looking at him like, what the... <laughs> what is this? Where am I? Hmm? And, sh and so Sri pulls on his beard. Talk, talk! Say something! Hmm? He's thinking, God is Brahman. Krishna... They say, here I'm looking at him, and this other guy's pulling on my beard. Who, who, what kind of relationship is this between this guy, Sridham, and Krishna? Who is this Sridham? What is this? Where am I? I thought I was interested in liberation, and I had attained it, and there's something new to learn here in Vrindavan. Such an extraordinary place. Hmm? Then they just, just of course, this guy's a bogus, a bogus Rishti. <laughs> He doesn't can't even decide who won the fight. Huh. Enough. Hmm? This is Yudhavira. Hmm? In some way, the Jaivi Jaivi wanted to offer this to Narayan. Hmm? So he said, I, I felt your heart. I created this whole event. Hmm? Now you, partial expansions of yourselves, will go in three births as demons. Among the births, that is, that is Haranyakasipu. And, and, and Narayan is coming, Krishna is coming, as we heard, in a form of Narasimha. Hmm? It depends what angle you look at it from. Is Narasimha coming from Narayan or coming from Krishna? Coming to taste the Virarasa with his devotee, Jai Vijay. Hmm? Hmm? Jai or Vijay, <laughs> which was Haranyakasipu and which was Haranyaksha. I'm not sure, but they went through three successive births, right? Jai Vijay became Haranyakasipu and Haranyaksha, then Ravana and Kumbhakarna, then Dantabakra, and Shishupal. Hmm? And so, of course, as I said earlier, when the demons are killed by Krishna, only do they get liberation. Hmm? Krishna himself. So, that's another way of making the point, the speciality of Krishna. So when they're killed by Shishupal and Dantabakra, killed by Krishna, then they get liberation. But, of course, they're already there in Vaikuntha. Hmm? And on top of that, as we began, what do they really get out of all of this? Jai and Vijay got to take birth in Gorlila hmm? for an encore appearance with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm? And the gatekeepers became Jagai and Madai. Hmm? And because of Jagai and Madai, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is known as Patitapavan. Hmm? The deliverer of the fallen. No one can be, no one can be so fallen. No one can be so fallen that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's mercy is that he's bereft of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's mercy, and that is the point that Nityananda Prabhu's whole existence wants to underscore: hmm? the worthiness of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in terms of uh, uh, being an object of love. And affection. So, in this way, some some story about Nishinga Bhagawan ki jai, Chatusan Kumaras ki jai, Sanatan Gosami ki jai, Bhakti Pralat ki jai, Jai Bijai ki jai. Any question? What's the time? This is a long time, huh? Okay. So we we'll save the questions till this evening. Then you've been a very patient audience, and I do appreciate that. Um, 
we got a little carried away with some points, but I think was, uh, I learned something from the talk, so it's good for me. I appreciate your 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 willingness to listen and patience. So now we can come and have the darshan of the deity and then take Mahaprasad. Jai Sri Bhakti Vedanta Swami Prabhupada Ki Jai Bhakti Rakshak Chudar Dev Goswami Maharaj Ki Jai Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur Prabhupada Ki Jai Shri Bhakti Vinod Puribar Ki Jai Gaur Bhakti Vrinda Ki Jai Gaur Premanande Bhakti Vedanta Chaparai Swami Guru Maharaj